brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. It's sippin' time. Yes, it's sippin' time again. Hello and welcome to this episode of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, where everything good in life is worth discussing. As always, we are the best thing on at 2 a.m. We are a one-hour show, and we are currently under a court order to be entertaining for a minimum of 20 minutes of that time. Our legal counsel advised that fair to meet that requirement could result in severe penalties, so we made sure... We gave them Brent's address and phone number just in case we miss that mark so they can go haul him away to jail and not us. So, Good idea. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> he'll survive. He's a big guy. So, you know, he, you know he'll probably he'll, he'll go in there and be there in a week and he'll be like king. It'll be awesome. Yep. <laughs> he'll be like Snake Plissken in Escape New York. He'll be like the guy ruling the wastelands. Like he'll, he, You know what? He'll be the humongous from Mad Max. We he, get, we he gotta will get make him the, the best mask. prison hooch ever. Absolutely. <laughs> And starting right. right away. You're right. <laughs> this is Made Man Bob, and joining me today, our Made Man Maury. Good morning, Bob. Happy to be here today. Yeah. Love the uh, breakfast neeps and haggis. No ward. He loves that. Uh, good old gal, Denise. Good morning, Bob. Thank you again for having me. And good old boy, Justin. Good morning, Bob. And Maury and myself are with the Bourbon Mafia. The Bourbon Mafia is a nonprofit organization composed of bourbon enthusiasts and industry professionals. With representation in eight states, our members combine a love of bourbon with a passion for charitable work. The group uses their love of our native spirit to raise money for local and national charities through rare bottle auctions and other themed events. Check us out on Facebook at The Bourbon Mafia. We are also sponsored in part by Fine Spirits of Cooper City, Florida, home of the Animatic Machines, serving great wines, whiskeys, and other spirits by the glass. You can find them online at www.finespirits.net. Um, our show is also sponsored in part by the Fort Lauderdale Whiskey Society. To find out more about the Society and their events, you can check it all out at ftlws.com. And our sip segments are all about wine, distilled spirits, tea, and coffee, and pretty much any other fluid that you drink. And today's show, we will be discussing some whiskeys from Independent Bottler, Single Cast Nation, and from the Wilderness Trail Distillery. And here's a list of the whiskeys we're going to be tasting today. We have from Single Cast Nation, a Glenrothy's 20-year-old. From Single Cast Nation, we have an undisclosed Speyside 28-year-old. It's like the unknown comic. It's going to come out with like a little bag over its head, you know. Um, <laughs> single cast nation, we have Ender Gordon, 43-year-old. Like they couldn't get anything older. I mean, it's only 43. From Wilderness Trail, we have the single barrel bourbon, barrel number 14I07, bottled in bond. From Wilderness Trail, we have the high rye bourbon, bottled in bond. And the Wilderness Trail rye whiskey. So, against my better judgment, we're going to have Justin tell you about the SIPS ratings. Oh, my God. Hold on to your ankles. Yeah. <laughs> Reach Can you underneath actually do and that? Kiss your backside goodbye. Yes. <laughs> if I could bend that way, sir, I wouldn't be doing this for a living. I'd be making movies in California. So, 
All right, take it away, Justin. One, give me a glass of water to wash out my mouth. All right, before I even hit the sound, can anybody (laughs) figure out what that's supposed to be? He's a New York mobster. Okay, now. Bring water. I want to hear it again before I guess. There's no way. He works in the meat department. Okay, number two. (laughs) Two. Noise. But what else do you have? I think it's Elmer Fudd after he got hit with a frying pan in the face. (laughs) That sounds like a drunken Bostonian. (laughs) Three. Hmm. Interesting. What was this again? No, it's Elmer Fudd after a major stroke. Definitely a stroke. Elmer Maybe Fudd, it was Elmer after a frontal lobotomy. After a stroke, you know, and he, because like, half his what? body's not working. And yeah, you can have a frontal lobotomy, but you can't put a bottle in front of me. Something like that. Something like that. No, that's not it. How's it go? Justin knows. I'd rather have a bottle in front of me than a frontal lobotomy. Exactly. Well, but you didn't have a bottle in front of you, so clearly you sound like a frontal lobotomy. <laughs> I, think I got like problem. six bottles in front of me. What are you talking about? I think here? that's the problem is he's had too many bottles in front of him. All right, keep talking going. Four. Let's keep the secret to ourselves. Pour me another. That's classified. It's a sexually abused leprechaun. Five. Oh my. I was unaware anything could be this good. No, I just. Oh yeah. my goodness! <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Justin, well, no, we have, nobody got it right. We, so. we, we, we have New York and Kentucky, so it's one of those two. Oh, I thought it was the, the drunk New York come Jewish from? mother-in-law. Now, give me, a, give me a third choice because it's not either one of the first. <laughs> Where does New York come from? New York. I Brooklyn. Think, no, I think it the could be Kazakhstan, maybe. I was going for Brooklyn, but yeah. I think yeah. it had something to do with the Jewish Whiskey Company. Have yes. you been to yes. Brooklyn? It's a city in New York, right? I you was know born that. in Brooklyn. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So you he doesn't know. remember much. He was very small at the time. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> He's still very small. Hey, doctor, <laughs> client privilege. I'm just saying, you know. I wasn't talking about his man parts. I thank goodness for that. Okay. Everything was small. Okay. So it's proportionally small. I think you should quit while you're behind. <laughs> yeah, if I was you, I'd just stop right there. HIPAA violation. <laughs> All right. So we're going to have Denise tell us a little bit about uh, single cast nation. So take it away. Okay. Well, that's a hard act to follow. <laughs> yeah, isn't it though? Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Because you like Woody. Oh, Yes. Okay. You weren't even born with the sense God gave the common dog. Yeah, no. Okay. Single Cask Nation is part of the Jewish Whiskey Company and and is an independent bottler and membership society founded by Joshua Hatton and Jason Johnstone Yellen. You may remember the Jewish Whiskey Company as the promoters of the Whiskey Jubilee series of whiskey tasting events. Single Cask Nation seeks out rare and unique barrels to select and bottle for their members. Wow, I'm really struggling today. <laughs> Membership She's is been fr- drinking. So. Mm-hmm. It's the whiskey talking. Yeah. Membership is free, and once you become a member, you can purchase bottles online and have them shipped directly to you by a licensed retailer in your home state. Just like Hair Club for Men. <laughs> exactly. You become a member, and they just ship it right to you in your home state. As they purchase and bottle individual casks of spirits, each bottle is unique, and once a bottling is finished, it is gone forever. 
In 2017, they launched a separate line of single cask nation products that will be available to retail whiskey shops and whiskey bars. This line of new products will complement the ongoing online only line of single cask nation products. Both lines offer different casks to nation members and consumers. Okay, so I have two questions. Well, I'm not sure I can answer them, but bring it on. What does Jewish have to do with any of this? I didn't name the Jewish whiskey company. Well, I don't know. Since you are a member of the tribe, Maury, I'd, ask, I'd be well, asking you that question. I'm, well, hold on. I, I'm thinking that Joshua and Jason are not two nice Italian boys. Probably not. Yeah. Right. Jason Johnstone? Yellen. Yellen. Right after the dash, bub. Yellen's what are you yelling Jewish. about? <laughs> what are you yelling about? Johnstone, maybe he married into it. Right. Their name's not Flynn and a Hurley, buddy. Okay. <laughs> Second thing is, we've got some great things to offended? talk about. Where can people get these bottles? Well, you can buy these online if you're a member of the society. To be okay? a member. Or they are selling them. Did you listen? I you're married to the woman that actually read that. Or... You can buy them in, in select stores. You. They are, they have a whole separate line of single cast nation bottlings that are just going retail, and then they have this the the ones that are only members only. You know, like your jacket from nineteen eighty members only. Yeah. So sorry, I got rid of that. He's still wearing it, mm-hmm. right? He's still wearing it. There's a guy in my church who wears one. He's about ninety. He's so cool. wears it every yeah. Sunday, and it's and it's white, and it looks like it was white. made yesterday. Yeah, I mean, it's, oh, wow. it, this is a forty year old jacket, and it's perfect. Wow. Yeah, that's a dude who can't let go of the eighties. Oh, so. I had a, I had a blonde. Well, it's one. back now. So yeah, right. All right, so we're gonna have Justin tell us a little bit about our first whiskey. All right, single cask nation. Thank you, Glenn Justin. Rothy's. It's been wonderful hearing from you today. <laughs> He's Twenty done. year. Bob, what did you think? You want me to slap him for you? All right, keep going, Justin. One hundred five point eight proof. Or 52.9% alcohol by volume. That is some heavy-duty math. Oh, yeah. I definitely didn't do it. And refill bourbon hogshead. Hey, no. mm-hmm. What's Once a bourbon let- hogshead? Have you ever seen a bourbon hogshead? I have not. Me neither. Have you? Yeah. They take the bourbon barrels and disassemble them for shipping. And then when they reassemble in the Scotland, they take a couple extra slats from one of the other barrels and make a hogshead. So it's the same slats, just a little bit wider. Mm. By adding extra slats and making new heads, and you have a hogshead. Mm. I'm going to start referring to myself as... You are a hogshead. Hogshead. As much pork as you ate yesterday, (laughs) I should be calling you piggy right now. Please proceed, Justin. Just ignore him. When selecting this Glenn Rothy's barrel for single cask nation, Joshua and Jason wanted to pick something that was outside... The normal, soft, elegant, and easy nature of the distillery's own bottlings. I thought that the color was very light. On the nose, it was creamy vanilla, pears, and some lemons. On the palate, it was spicy and vanilla, and it had a medium finish. What do you think, Maury? Well, I would agree with you on the color. I found it to be very pale and unusual, unusually pale in color. Um, I, I thought on the palate it was pleasant. It was sort of middle of the road, nothing extravagant, but just sort of an easy drinking, um, non-peated scotch. Uh, it's got a definitely creamy mouthfeel, and it uh, 
it has a medium medium finish. I thought it was pleasant, nothing offensive, well made, uh, but nothing that really just shook my boots. Right. Didn't shake your well, boots. Well, we'll come back. Hmm. Hey, and we're back, and we are discussing uh, lovely Glenn Rothy's 20 year from Single Cast Nation. So, what'd you think, Denise? Well, can we talk about the butterscotch and or buttered popcorn that's on the nose? Oh, yeah. Buttered toast, I've got. Because, yeah. wow. Yeah. I got popcorn. that. Popcorn, more than butterscotch. Okay. But buttered Started popcorn. with butterscotch, and then I moved to buttered popcorn and thought, wow, that's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really predominantly what I get on the nose. Uh, I love the mouthfeel. It's nice. It's spicy. It's got a, a medium to longish finish um, with even more spice on on the end, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I've got right on my notes. I've got uh, pastry cream and I've got buttered toast, pastry not buttered cream. toast. Yeah, <laughs> and just just that slight bit of lemon in the tip, mm. and um, yeah, it's just it's got that creamy buttery nose. Yeah, and it's I, I'm on the palate. Hold on. Hmm. I'm getting I'm I'm getting the malt. I'm getting some some nice spice on it. I almost get a salty character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just I mean just just a slight bit. I get some licorice um as well as some cinnamon. So I think it turned out well. I, I think this one really worked out nice. Um I don't know if this is as far off of a traditional Glen Rothies as they you know as they were thinking it was, but uh this is fairly close to I've been lucky enough to drink enough single cask Glenrothes over the years as opposed to the regular stuff they're selling. So this seems to me to be a little bit closer to their wheelhouse. Not quite, but a little bit closer to it. So, yeah, a nice a, a nice effort overall. And we're going to be uh, rating the uh, single cast nation Glenrothes 20-year. Three steps. Interesting. So we're going to be moving on to our next offering from Single Cast Nation, and that is a Single Cast Nation undisclosed space side, 28 year, 108.6 proof. Justin, 108.6. That would be 54.3% alcohol by volume. <laughs> I wrote it down. Reading so, right yeah. off the page. <laughs> yeah, I wrote it down. So <laughs> Uh, uh done a refill over us a sherry butt. It's a 28-year-old sherry butt matured space side from one of Diageo's lesser known, uh, yet secretly iconic distilleries, they say. Uh, unfortunately, due to a non-disclosure agreement on the barrel, they cannot reveal the identity of the distillery. So oh. I'm guessing uh, Dickel? No, no. Um, <laughs> MGP. Um, let's see here. The nose is the thing that really leaped out at to me, and I, I'm still trying to place it. I'm thinking I'm getting almost a grains of paradise nose on it. It's very floral, and it's got that bit of peppery spice to it. I agree. I can't. I can't quite place I it can't, though. Yeah, I've struggled. I thought I, I thought I had some grains of paradise in the kitchen, and I looked, and I'm out. But I swear, I think that's what it is. Mm. Um, but it's got a it's got an interesting. I mean, it's it's a puzzling nose, but it's very interesting. And on the palate, hmm. yeah, it's got a nice round mouth feel to it. Um, definitely pick up the sherry notes on it. Um, it's not 
hitting you in the face with the sherry, but it's extremely uh, well done, wrapped around, you know, the sherry supporting it rather than covering it up. And that's, I, I love a sherried whiskey, but sometimes they either, you don't taste any sherry or it's like drinking a glass of sherry that they dropped a drop of whiskey in. A um, little bit drying on the palate on the back end. It's got a, I'd say a medium to a long finish on it. I think it was, I think it was extremely well done. What'd you think, Denise? Well, I'm glad that you attempted to um, pick up all of the 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 notes on the nose. The best that I could come up with were were the floral notes. It's really intriguing, and it sort of catches you off guard because hmm. you want to identify it. You know that you've you've smelled you it, you just it can't, somewhere. Yeah, you can't, but pick you it just up. can't yeah. seem to place it. Um, but it's really pleasant, kind of like and all of the accents that Justin does. <laughs> yeah, and really interesting. Um, to be really honest, uh, I thought it had a really nice mouthfeel. I thought that the sherry definitely came through. But for me, it was um, not as complex as I would have liked it to have been. Mm -hmm. So it was a little on the one-note side for yeah. me. I enjoyed it, yeah. um, but I would have liked a little more complexity um, well, Again, age is an indication that it's going to be, you know, far to one end or far to the other. Right. I've had ones older than this that were horrible, and I've had ones that were younger than this that were mind-blowing. Um yeah, it's it's a fine whiskey. Yeah. Um, you know, when you see an older thing, an older age statement, you're always kind of hoping for a few more things, but uh, you know, if you're if you're a sherry cask whiskey guy, I think I don't think you'd be disappointed with this for sure. No, and I think the nose throws you off a little bit because it's so interesting mm -hmm. and so appealing. So you really you're trying to have this out anticipation what, what the heck is this taste on like? the palate yeah. and and then you pick up the, what you thought you might pick up you know yeah. the sherry and um i think the finish was really lovely as well yeah. what'd you yeah. think Justin? i thought that um kind of smelled like pork butt salty <laughs> didn't get that okay. i didn't i, I Doesn't enjoy mean these it's not notes. there nose is really I, good could i could i point out that you just said it's pork butt flavored whiskey <laughs> Made by the Jewish Whiskey Company. <laughs> it's made by people in Scotland, imported I'm, by the Jews. I'm pretty sure there is now some <laughs> sort of a fatwa Jews. on you, so it's been nice <laughs> knowing you. And if anybody really needs his address, I'm more than happy to provide it if you'll just please let me live. <laughs> on the palate, I thought it was sweet. Detected vanilla, almonds, Nutella. And I didn't get any of the elements on the nose on the palate. It was completely different. Anybody really think he's maybe just picking an aroma up off of his fingers because he hasn't washed his hands? Well, I guess, you Yeah, know. that could be it. Yeah. What did you have for lunch? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it does kind <laughs> of smell like my fingers. Yeah. the pork bun. That's just a complete coincidence, though. Yeah. That's pretty much what he wears for cologne. <laughs> oh, de pork. Yeah. Oh, de butt. <laughs> Works every time. Every time. And I thought the finish for 28 years was pretty short. Okay. So, what'd you think, Bob? Well, I just did it. I'm the one who told you. Go what back you to Lori. Thanks for paying attention. We have some lovely party gifts for you. <laughs> Thank Take you, it away. We have some Z-Brick wall covering. <laughs> a we counter have a gift certificate. certificate from Chicago, Illinois, 60609 from the Spiegel catalog. Yes. What did you think? Lori? Thank you. Um, I agree with some of the comments that Denise made, and that is it's a lovely whiskey. It's a really nice sherried whiskey. Uh, I don't know what the cost is, but I would argue that it's I don't fairly yeah. expensive at 28 years old. And it's a really one note, nice middle of the road, sherry scotch. Uh, I think that as it sat in the glass, it, uh, 
it really became very just a sherry middle of the road scotch whiskey and uh, i like it it's very good and if it were entry level pricing i'd it'd be an all-day drinker uh for someone i i do like sherried whiskey and i thought it was well done and i like it quite a lot i would uh come back and argue that on the label it says a couple things one of which is uh 488 bottles so the hogshead's quite a bit bigger than uh than a standard uh bourbon well, 63 barrel. gallon as opposed to 53 well there's a lot more bottles 488 mm-hmm. versus about yeah, the angel share doesn't seem to have affected many of these yeah i mean this much one's at all. got almost no angel share the uh, other barrel which was a standard bourbon uh bourbon barrel it only had 216 bottles so this has got more 43 than year, no this, this one was a sherry bud so yeah, yeah it's not a, it's not a hogshead so uh, yeah it's oh oh sherry but i'm sorry yeah. so the sherry butt's uh, quite a bit bigger yeah yeah no, the first one was the hogshead, the hogshead and that sorry. was a lot less barrels. Yeah, I mean, you could fill a you could fill a hogshead up you with water today, and you're not getting that many barrel bottles out of it. So, uh, they do say on the label they've got some interesting notes on the label, um, none of which really uh, called out to me, except that uh, they mentioned a light smokiness on the finish. And I must admit, after reading that and tasting it several more times, I did get just a little hint of smoke mm-hmm. at the end. But really, you have to imagine it. Well, is, you know, is, are you getting it or are you getting it now because you read that? Yeah, well, like I said, you have to use your imagination. Well, here, we just heard him say pork butt. Hold on, let me try it. No, no pork butt. Okay. <laughs> All right, so no we are butt. going to... Just on the uh, nose. <laughs> quit smelling your fingers. We're going to be rating the uh, undisclosed 28-year three sips. Interesting. So we're going on to our last whiskey from uh, Single Cast Nation, and we're going to have Maury tell us about that one. Why, thank you, Bob. You're welcome. The Single Cast Nation Invergordon 43-year, 87.8 proof or 43.9% ABV in a refilled bourbon barrel. This is a single-grain whiskey. And it's a product that many whiskey fans have had, but have likely never tried on its own. That's because single grain whiskey is typically used to make up the majority of the spirit in the bottle of many of your favorite blended scotches. This single grain whiskey was made in 1974 at Invergordon Distillery using corn as the grain instead of wheat, more commonly used today in grain whiskey production. Justin, were you even born in 1974? Yeah, I was born in 72. Oh, wow. Um, this is a really interesting whiskey, and, and single-grain whiskeys are really something that uh, some of the whiskey geeks have started oh, yeah. to... Uh, they've been my jam for years. Grandma, and too. They've been not taken as seriously as I think they really They got a bad be. rap for a long time, mainly because they were a blending whiskey well, into... You know, not even so much grain. for that. They didn't have. They didn't get a bad rep. They just didn't have any because it all went in tankers to the big distilleries to make the blends. You rarely would see it come out on its own. Correct. Just that that whiskey out of that barrel in that bottle without the addition of anything else. So it's it's a fairly recent thing where you're seeing some of these, especially, and, and here's the thing, they've got so much of it, you know, so many older ones that are still available. You're seeing a lot of them now starting, well, not a lot, but compared to 15, 20 years ago, you're seeing them come out and the real freaks like myself 
you know, this is my jam. This is this is exciting to me to see some of these come out because now you're really getting to try some of these whiskeys and and really understand, you know, what it is that is going into that blended whiskey that you like that is making it so good, you know. But in fairness, the blended whiskeys are typically using relatively young yep. grain whiskeys. Well, some are and some using are using older stuff. Old. Yeah. It's it's you know, it's it's not all like two year old. No. It's 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 reasonably aged whiskey. I mean, here's the thing. If you get a, a Johnny Walker twelve, everything in there's twelve. Whether it's single malt or or blend or grain whiskey it doesn't matter it's all got to be minimum 12 so it's uh it's just a category that has sort of been overlooked for a long while and you know the real whiskey freaks are starting to you know in the last decade or so get into it and it's just nice to see some of them coming out and coming out in the light of day and getting some of the credit they deserve so it's a little bit like uh, having a soloist from the oboe or the bassoon. Yeah, you know these are instruments that are typically part of a symphony and and not mm. not typical shining on their own, particularly yeah. at this age. So this is really an amazing whiskey. Um, the nose, uh, I thought, was a little underwhelming compared to the palate, which is just luscious mouth coating, yummy. I really get a lot of bananas foster on this. To me, this is uh, dessert in a glass. It's just. Uh, Really uh, yummy, creamy, unctuous, um, vanilla, creme brulee, and uh, all, all sorts of stuff dancing on your palate. It's got layers and layers of complexity, and the finish just goes on and on and on and on. What did you think, Justin? I was really impressed that after 43 years in a single, I'm sorry, uh, second fill barrel, that they were able to come up with 196 bottles of this. That blew me away because you'd think the angel share would have taken a lot more. But it is Scotland. They don't have the hot summers that would have evaporated that much. The color is beautiful. It's a nice light brown color. The nose had some brown sugar, raisins. Um, I got like a faint note of red hots, mild oak. On the palate, the brown sugar came through. Vanilla, dried raisins, super nice refined finish. This is one of the, my favorite scotches. Uh, I just found it today. And of course, it's mm. one it cask. In. It always goes down smooth. So probably won't be seeing this one again. But <laughs> wow, it's great. What did you think today? What you think? What else can you say <laughs> after Maury and Justin? Um, you know, you can just echo what they've said. Uh, the nose is, um, but I do agree with Maury. The nose was a, a little simple, um, uh, but the brown sugar comes through. The palate, though, is just wow. There's just so many flavors just, you know, meddled together. It's just, it's really lovely. I love the taste. I love the finish. You just, it's something that you feel like you could just drink all day oh, and yeah. uh, that would be a problem but yeah it's wonderful yeah it's just uh, on the nose i get almost a vanilla custard um a little bit of spice um on the palate you get that that sweet oak bomb it's not it's not the astringent oak it's not that bitter oak it's almost like like a young it's like a candied oak it's like a young fresh oak candy and it's not overpowering at all and it's like drinking a creme brulee in a glass 
And I get a little extra burst of sweetness even yeah. on the finish. So, you know, you're, you're getting all of these flavors and it's great. And then just bam, you get another little... Like you a know, barrel extra, extra special. Little, little squirt. <laughs> it's like when you have that cupcake with a little squirt of booze that you can squirt it <laughs> yeah. and get a little squirt of sweetness on the finish. And so you think, it's wow. Got, it's got such a great mouthfeel, too. I mean, when you drink it, it just goes completely mm-hmm. around and coats the entire yeah. top, bottom, gums, teeth, everything. It's nice just, job on this It's one. got a great viscosity to it. It's got some real body to it. Yeah. It's it's a classic example. I've had a little hidden gem that they found. I've had you know, stuff around this age, younger and older from Invergordon over the years. And this is, you know, to me, this is a classic Invergordon. It's one of my favorite single malt, uh, you know, single uh, grain distilleries. They produce excellent whiskey and have for a long time. And it's great to see that it's, again, I'm happy to see it coming out and them getting the credit for the whiskey that they're making, which is really great whiskey. So, you know, it's, I I could drink this one all day. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really well done, and uh, we're going to be giving this one four sips for the uh, Invergorton 43 from Single Cast Nation. That's classified. So we're going to be moving on to our next distillery, and we're going to have Maury read a little bit about that for us. Thank you, Bob. The Wilderness Trail Distillery was founded by Shane Baker, an engineer, and Pat Heist, a microbiologist, the owners of Firm Solutions, a leading research, product development, engineering, and technical service provider to the ethanol and distilled spirits industries. Given their involvement in the industry, helping other distilleries solve problems and optimize their production of ethanol, the creation of their own distillery was a natural extension of their current work. However, they did not want to start out with a large debt load, which can weigh heavily on a new business. So starting out with capital from their existing company, they built their distillery and immediately began contract distilling for other companies that didn't have their own distillery. This, along with production of some other spirits of their own, namely vodka and a sorghum-based rum, gave them an immediate income to allow them to produce their own whiskey and to be able to afford to allow it to properly mature for a minimum of four years in full-size barrels, rather than having to rush it to market just to be able to pay the bills. Their corn, wheat, and rye are grown in Kentucky near the distillery at Caverndale Farm and Walnut Grove Farm. Wilderness Trail is unique in that they use a sweet mash process to produce their whiskey rather than the more common sour mash. In a sour mash process, a portion of the previously fermented and distilled mash also known as stillage or backset, is mixed into the new mash to be fermented to add acidity and help prevent growth of bacteria and to create a proper pH to allow the yeast to more efficiently produce alcohol. And we'll be back. Hey, and we're back and we're discussing some whiskeys from the Wilderness Trail Distillery uh, up in Kentucky. And we had Maury telling us a little bit about it. So uh, tell us a little bit more. We were talking, thank you, Bob. We were talking about the sour mash versus the sweet mash process. These guys use a sweet mash process, and this approach is also risky as you have to be extremely diligent to prevent contamination. Given their background in the industry, they felt sure they could pull it off, and they specifically designed the distillery with this process in mind. They feel that a sweet mash process allows them to bring more flavors forward and create a softer finish. They are also the first distillery to use 
clean steam boiler, which allows them to avoid using boiler chemicals, which could produce off flavors. Only pure steam goes into their cooker and their beer column. All of their whiskeys are distilled, aged, and bottled in the Wilderness Trail Distillery. They currently have a 250-gallon Vendome pot hybrid still that was used to produce their very first bourbons. In 2016, they installed a Vendome 40-foot-tall, 18-inch column still, and they recently expanded with a 30, new 36-inch column still and a 500-gallon doubler, allowing them to produce 216 barrels per day. This new make spirit is filled into number four charred barrels at 110 proof for their bourbons and 100 proof for their rye whiskeys. So let's try our first whiskey from Wilderness Trail. Bob? Well, the first one that we've got is the Wilderness Trail Single Barrel Bourbon. It's barrel 14I07. It's bottled and bond, 100 proof, 50% ABV. Um, It's got a very nice color, sort of a... A white copper color to it. On the nose, I'm definitely picking up uh, caramel and oak and uh, and the vanilla and the cinnamon. It's got a lovely nose, very sweet nose. Mm. And on the palate, um, the nose, uh, like the last one that we did, the nose didn't tell you what that scotch was. The nose on this tells you exactly what's in the glass, because that's exactly what I'm getting. I'm getting caramel, I'm getting oak, I'm getting cinnamon, baking spice, and vanilla. So this one is uh, the nose is giving you an exact sign of what you're what you're going to get, and uh, I think it's extremely well done. It's got a nice body to it. It's got a good mouth feel. Um, you know, when you compare this, it's bottled in bond, so you know it's at least four years old. When you compare this to other four-year-old whiskeys, I, I think they're, they're doing a really great job. So, what do you think, Denise? I really like this bourbon. Um, right out of the bottle, on the nose for me, was very, very cherry. And I was a little perplexed by that. Cherry back. to the point that it, in my notes, I actually wrote Fruity Pebbles, and or Kool-Aid and thought, oh, they're just going to destroy me over that. So it's gotten some air. And so that's changed. It's not nearly as fruity pebble or Kool-Aid. So when I say Kool-Aid, like the cherry Kool-Aid in the powder form before you actually mixed it with the water when you were a kid. (laughs) I mean, that's how much I got. Um, It's changed. I still get a lot of cherry on the nose for me for some reason. Um, I get the caramel, I get the vanilla. And on the palate, I still get that fruitiness, but I get the caramel and the spice and the wood and put that all together. And I just thought it was just really wonderful. I thought the finish was long and beautiful. And I really enjoy this bourbon. I it's tried changed so a lot hard to for find me. the Kool Aid guy sound, but I don't right? have it in the computer. Aww. Sorry. But I can picture him in my mind. Busting through the wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's your childhood all wrapped up into one commercial. So, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really sure where I was getting that from, but it was there. So, yeah. What'd you think, Jason? I thought the color was dark brown. It was very intense. It's so wordy. It's brown. <laughs> <laughs> it was very intense. Brown spirit. When he first opened it and it's mellowed out a lot. Uh, I can't believe it's only four years old. This tastes like a six or seven uh-huh. year old bourbon mm-hmm. all day long. Uh, maybe that sweet mash process was I'm a really good you, I'm, idea. I'm, I am convinced that sweet mash helps you get 
the product to the market quicker. Yeah. I, I, not a shortcut way. No, not a shortcut way, but it, 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 it helps the product mature just a little bit ahead of the regular curve. Yeah. Um, they do the same thing over at Peerless. There's very few people doing sweet mash. And that was, I remember tasting Peerless when we were up there in their bar upstairs in their, in their building before they had their first release. We were having it at, was it 19 months, yeah, 20 it was just months? Under two years. It wasn't even at two years yet. And I just remember tasting it and going, I cannot believe this, this rye is only this old. You know, it, is it the best rye I'd ever had? No, but it, it just, it tasted so much more mature than the time, the age in the barrel would make you think it would taste. So I, this is the second distillery that I know that I've had stuff from that does sweet mash. And this is the second time I've, I've had the same thing in my head. Wow. They seem to be ahead of the curve on their aging and their product seems much more mature to me than the number of days in the barrel would lead you to believe. And I, the only thing I see them doing differently at both places is sweet mash. So I'd love to talk to, I'd love to talk to a, a chemist or, you know, a master, a head distiller, somebody who's into the chemistry of it and just, you know, go over that with them and see what they have to say. You know, I think you're going to have a hard time finding somebody to, uh, other than these guys talk about the benefits of sweet mash because everybody's doing yeah. sour mash. And I don't know that they do it as much because they drank the Kool-Aid or because they've always done it that way. Well, I think it's, and they've the, always, well, you know, if, if you're at some place, it's got, you know, a couple of hundred thousand barrels or more aging and, you know, all very, you don't need to worry about getting it ready. You, you have supply. You're you, what you're making today. You're not even going to look at for years. So it doesn't matter. You're selling products. So I don't think they're looking at it that way. And obviously sour mash has a lot of benefits. I mean, consistency of flavor being one of the main ones back in the day when, you know, when you were worried more about contamination, that Sanitation, was a good way to yeah. do it. Um, and back in the day before modern science, when you were also concerned about having, you know, to adjust the pH for the yeast to allow the yeast to work a little bit better. You know, there, there are ways to do that now um, that don't necessarily require that. So it has a lot of benefits. It absolutely does. I'm saying that sweet mash, I think I, 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 it doesn't overcome any of those. It doesn't do any better. Obviously, it doesn't do any of those that it does. But I think there is a benefit to sweet mashing if you're a new distillery. If I was going to open one myself today, I am in my head, I'm convinced that I would be doing sweet mash on everything or at least the ones that I wanted to get out first, because I think that's I think that might be the key. But don't ask me. I'm not a chemist. So. <laughs> Well, thank you for that. I mean, you can't tell by the meth lab in my garage. But, right. Yeah. Well, it hasn't blown up. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Through this process, they've made a pretty classical bourbon. Vanilla, oak, caramel, all there. Nice, long, pleasant finish, especially for a four-year. And um, what do the rest Fun. of you think? Yeah. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I, I agree with what Bob said. I, I hit those same uh, four elements or so. Uh, spot on, and uh, I really didn't get the cherries until the uh, power suggestion from Sorry. Denise, and uh, and then now that you've mentioned it, I do have a a little hint of cherry, not mm. quite as dramatic as you. Yeah, were just tend. a tiny little bit. Only just in the barely. beginning was yeah. it that dramatic, but it certainly has mellowed. Yeah, definitely a lot yeah. actually. A, a nicely made whiskey, um, really, really well done. Yeah, well, we're going to be uh, rating the Wilderness Trails single barrel bourbon three sips. Interesting. 
So we're going to be moving on to our next Wilderness Trail whiskey, and we're going to have Justin tell us about that one. So that's the Wilderness Trail High Rye Bourbon Bottled and Bond. It's 100 proof or 50% alcohol by volume. It's got a medium brown color. It's very pretty, brassy uh, on the nose. It's very approachable. I got vanilla, caramel, and um, on the palate, I got a strong hit of vanilla. Um, when I initially opened it, I didn't get a lot of rye flavor to it, but I'm going to try it again. And I get more rye now after it's been open for mm, a while. Definitely. When it was bottled up, it wasn't coming out. Mm. The finish is longer after an hour of air than it was when it was first opened, too. What do you think, Bob? Yeah, I think definitely it's uh, it's it's improved significantly since we've opened it, and I thought it was good before, but like you said, the rye character really seems to be emerging out. Um, you know, you're definitely getting more of the of the rye influence on it now. You know, it's got a lovely nose. Hmm. And it's pretty much everything you want from a, a a classic high rye bourbon. It's got that quartz sweetness, and it's got uh, it's got that little bit of bite toward the back end. I'd say it's got a pretty good medium finish. Um, you know, for a product of, of four years again, um, I, I think it's outstanding. I mean, they've done a good job with you know something that's only been in the barrel for that long. So, you know. What do you think, Maury? You know, I agree with you, Spot. I think you're spot on. I think the rye in particular is more mature tasting than its stated age. Uh, to me, the uh, the first uh, bottled and bond bourbon, I did have some hints of, uh, of immaturity. But for the most part, uh, this one is really mature for four-year-old. I mm -hmm. find I tend to prefer the ryes a little bit older. And uh, this, this drinks like a much more mature rye. Um, Echoing some of the things Denise likes to say about the rye, I think it's this is a lot of nice sweetness to it. It's much sweeter than I would have expect, and then towards the end has a little hint of spice as that. Uh, yeah, I think I think the boost on. in the rye in the bourbon mash bill. Again, when you see a new distillery come out and they're making whiskey, a lot of times they'll make rye and they'll make bourbon. You, a lot of times you'll see the rye come out first before the bourbon does. Mm -hmm. um, because it's a little bit more palatable at a younger age. And I think the higher level of rye in this particular bourbon definitely has also helped, in addition to possibly the sweet mash, to sort of push this high rye bourbon forward a little bit. But, uh, you know, it's it's a classic high rye bourbon. And mm. I think they've done a really great job. So, what do you think, Denise? I agree. Um, it's another really nice example of why I like rye. And um, that sweet spicy combination just really hits the spot for me i think on the nose i actually get some white pepper on this one which i thought was really interesting um but it's definitely uh a little drier a little spicy a little oaky good. it's got um a nice medium to long finish i think the finish for me is is uh oaky and spicy um combination of the two i i really enjoy this i think that having it just sit here a little bit longer it's only going to get better yeah it's it's definitely since we opened it it's i mean it was good when we opened it but it's definitely reminds me why i like a rye longer in the glass or longer in the bottle or longer in the barrel oh longer in, in my, my glass belly. <laughs> in my because belly. it's already changed in my yeah. glass no i agree yeah. i think it's so evolved you know sometimes there. you're sitting around and you revisit it and you're thinking wow 
okay, that wasn't there when I first poured it. Yep. Um, and this is just an example of that. All right. Well, so, we're going to be giving the uh, Wilderness Trail High Rye Bourbon Bottled and Bond three sips. Interesting. And so we're going to have, we're going to go back to Nice and have her tell us about our final whiskey of the day. Okay. Well, this is the Wilderness Trail Rye Whiskey. Um, it's 112 proof or 56% ABV. So that makes it special already. Um, it's got a beautiful dark amber color. Uh, I thought on the nose it was uh, spicy, florally, or had a floral note, I guess, on the nose. Um, and then I got this root beer, which brings me to uh, the tasting. And on my palate, there it is again. I get the root beer, and I thought, is it just root beer? It's really the sassafras, the wintergreen for me. I'm not really sure where that's coming from. It's not unpleasant. It's just, for me, very prominent. And um, I, when I first tried it, I thought, wow, <laughs> I would make a root beer float with this. <laughs> I'd put a scoop of vanilla ice cream in a glass and pour this all over it in a hot minute. So I really like this. I, I didn't make a note on the finish. So if somebody wants to describe the finish while I try it again be my guest well I, I must admit I, I didn't necessarily get root beer but i do think there's definitely some sassafras root there um and it's very prominent more so right. on the palate than on the nose yeah. uh the nose i would agree with you is floral and spice and there's there's that hint of you know root you get, beer spice i get the a and w in my nose that's where i'm getting it mm -hmm. it's like a creamy like a mug of creamy old school root beer winter green sort but of I definitely carries get through it, um on the palate and then to the finish. Right. Really, really hangs in there. And the, in the finish, finish keeps going. Yeah. If you just yeah. let it linger, it just keeps uh, going and finish, going. Yeah, it just goes. It's a long A finish. long, beautiful finish. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't write it all down, but we're looking at, if their website is correct, we're looking at a 50% or 56% rye, 33 corn, 11 malted barley. Um, this is aged three plus years at this point. With their plan to keep increasing that so that their releases will eventually be in the six to eight range. So, um, but again, this tastes mature yeah. beyond its years. Exactly. I like everything else. Yeah. When it was poured into the glass, that it was a little hot and a little spicy and a little one dimensional, but really it's evolved beautifully with some oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah what do you think, Justin? So I got similar notes to Denise on the nose, but I did get um, the smell of evergreen. Okay. Like the trees on it as well. And on the palate, um, it reminded me of sorghum and ale eight. Must have Kentucky on the mind. And it is a Kentucky distillery. And then I do finish. love what a ale eight. But the sorghum makes sense to me. Perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, and the finish was really long. I'm impressed by the fact that they can make these complex products so quickly. Right? They're delicious. Well, when you say quickly, it's it's. I mean, they're not doing it's what not a lot super of people. Speed, a lot of people are doing that eighteen month, you know, five or seven a micro or barrel, barrel, eighteen yeah, month turnaround. But. They're 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 aging it for a respectable time for their early releases, but it's coming out beyond its years. So, and we're going to be rating the rye three sips. Interesting. Well, that's all the time we have today. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and you can catch all of our episodes where you found this one, as well as on terrestrial and satellite radio, and online at iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, CBS Radio, Radio.com, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, 
YouTube, PRX, and pretty much any place you can listen to a podcast. The easiest way to find this show on your phone is to ask Alexa or Siri or Google to play podcast Sip, Suds, and Smokes. We love your feedback, and you can reach us online at info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every day at Sip, Sud, Smoke, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. You'll also be able to interact with thousands of other fans on those social media platforms. You can also check us out on Instagram at Sip, Suds, and Smokes or at Made Man Bob. Do us a favor and take time to rate this episode. If you're listening to us online, that's a big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. I want to thank our co-host for joining us. Thank you, Denise. Thank you, gentlemen. I have some whiskey to finish. Gentlemen, my dad come in. Thank you, Maury. <laughs> thank you, Bob. Always a great day in the basement. Uh, again, I love the sheep theme. I don't even want to go there. Thank you, Justin. Thank you, Bob. A great day of whiskey. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> well, for Sip, what else Sus- can you say? For Sip, Suds, and Smokes, this is Made Man Bob, and we thank you for joining us. And remember, life is too short to drink bad whiskey. What do you think, Archer? I'm scared if I stop all at once, the cumulative hangover will literally kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with him. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's not do that. No. Tanhan production of Sip, Suds, and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time. (laughs) 